And joining us today to talk about Senate Bill 36, otherwise known as the Child Testimony Reform Bill, are Eliza Sultan, the mother of two children who at ages four and seven had to testify in front of their father in person at his criminal trial in district court. He was convicted of two counts of criminal sexual penetration and one count of criminal sexual conduct. He was sentenced to 36 years in the New Mexico prison system. And also joining us is Attorney General Hector Balderas to show his support for this reform bill. Welcome to both of you. It's such a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you, MK, for having us. Um, it's a real honor to be asked to come on your show, and I'm so um, appreciative of um, Attorney General's support and um, the support of his team. Yeah, it's it's really, really an honor to, to work with Eliza and her family. And, of course, I have a great respect for individuals um, in the press that are trying to get important issues into our community and into our households. This is critical, so I do appreciate the time. Uh, to be involved on the show. Yeah, and speaking of, Eliza, can you begin with your story? Because I really want people to understand what we're talking about, why this is important, and then, Hector, perhaps you can help us understand how this fits into the larger picture and affects so many potential families out there. So, Eliza, tell us your story, exactly what happened to you and your children, and and what's turned you into being such an advocate, or as you like to call, uh, a pain in the activist. Thank you. So I'll start from the beginning, which is that I'm the mother of two children who at ages four and seven had to testify in person at the criminal trial of their father in district court. He was convicted of two counts of criminal sexual penetration and one count of criminal sexual contact. He's currently serving a sentence of 36 years in the New Mexico prison system. I am sharing, a lot of people have asked me why did I come out and share such a personal story because child sex abuse or sex abuse by a relative is not something easy to talk about. It's not something that's easy to hear about. And the reason that I'm talking about it is because we were really victimized twice, first by the offender and second by the criminal justice system. And the second reason is why I'm here. We feel that their children who have to testify in person in front of their offenders need to be saved from the trauma that my kids have withstood. I want to start with explaining how the abuse came out because it's something that I think is really important for parents to hear. When my kids were two and four, my brother called me up very enthusiastic and said that I had to take this training immediately. And basically the training is the child abuse prevention class. And I said, well, don't you think my kids are a little young for this? He said, no, you needed to teach them this yesterday. So basically the training is that you teach your kids If someone touches their private parts and use anatomically correct terms to tell a trusted adult. And so I had this difficult conversation with my kids. And only six months later, on my son's fifth birthday, my daughter, who was then age two, disclosed to me that her father was sexually abusing her. Of course, I grappled with what she had disclosed to me. But the bottom line is that I listened to her. I believed her. And I took action, which was reporting it to the police. And at the safe house exam of my children, the um, the SANE nurse, the sexual assault nurse examiner, found evidence of uh, sexual abuse on my daughter. And um, the nurse told me correctly that if this case went to trial, the kids would have to testify in front of their father, 
and that our lives would be turned upside down. I had always naively assumed that the justice system was like I'd seen on Law and Order, where the children would testify either through closed circuit or in the judge's chambers. But I quickly found out that this was not how it worked in New Mexico. And I might add that New Mexico is only one of a few states that does still make children and incapacitated adults testify in the same room as their offender. And it's, it's the Old West, it's an antiquated, it's an archaic thing to do to a child. And um, basically the prosecutors told me that if the kids couldn't testify in person that there would be no case. And because we were being stalked by my ex-husband who had guns, I didn't feel like we had a choice. So I'll tell you that during the two and a half years leading up to the trial, I regularly fielded questions from Henry and Maisie, such as, will daddy be able to attack us in court? Will daddy have his guns in court? Will he be able to hurt us again? And let me um, just explain that in New Mexico, um, I, was, I was absolutely horrified to learn that a child victim of sexual abuse is expected to walk into the courtroom, into a room of, full of strangers, sit in the witness chair and swear to tell the truth, and set aside the fact that this was their father, whom they loved, and had hurt them and threatened their lives if they told anyone. So there wasn't much that I could do. And so days before the trial, my son requested that a police officer accompany him and his sister to the courtroom. Um, so I called the New Mexico State Police, who I have to also give a shout-out to. They have been, the New Mexico State Police are so great, and they really did a good investigation in, in collaboration with the Attorney General's office. I made this unorthodox request for them to accompany uh, my children to the courtroom. They approved it, and a state police officer sat behind my ex-husband in the courtroom to reassure my son that he was protected from his father. Um, I want to be clear, though, that the trauma from the abuse they suffered is completely separate from the re-traumatization caused by the process of the criminal justice system. Um, the psychological and emotional effects of this trauma have been devastating and heartbreaking. My son, at age seven, had a nervous breakdown, and um, following the trial, he was prescribed Valium and Xanax to manage his panic attacks. He is actually the one that is responsible for pushing me to, to, to seek support for this legislation. He said to me, Mama, we cannot um, have other children have to go through what my sister and I went through. And of course, I am beyond grateful and relieved that we got justice. But in the process, I was devastated to learn that there are too many children who can't get justice because their cases fall apart and they, uh, because they can't testify. And I'm grateful to Attorney General Balderas and his team, and I'm really grateful to Senator Padilla and the other legislators for sponsoring Senate Bill 36. Um, basically, we have to pass this legislation to protect child victims and incapacitated adults to have a, a more humane and more uh, just system. So that's that's my story, and that's that's why I'm here. As you can tell, just from Eliza's representation of of what she's been through and her her two children. Um, first, I want to comment that they're they're extremely courageous. Uh, without families coming forward and um, brave, courageous young children coming forward, uh, we often you know can't seek justice. And so, I just want to give them. Um, a lot of credit, and I, I can't understate, uh, can't overstate that enough. Basically, we have two dynamics that I wanted to make the listeners more aware of, and what this bill is trying to address. Uh, we wanted to to really create two awareness points. 
uh, by this legislation improving justice for children. The first is that, and Eliza will, will, will verify this, there are so many families out there right now that uh, we're just making assumptions that they will not need the justice system. And when Eliza uncovered what her children were going to have to be put through, she was surprised. And so we're just trying to use the bill to create more awareness that, that, that we need child advocates that don't traditionally uh, monitor criminal justice, that if you're a child advocate, that we're asking you to, to really pay close attention to what are the burdens and the traumas that the court litigation process brings out and that, uh, that really judges need more uh, tools in which they can get to the truth but not traumatize children on the stand and um, there are some alternatives, like there are, like children can use alternative videotaping as a weans, but then they're put under a forensic review, uh, and they have to uh, be almost tested by a forensic scientist to meet an alternative standard. And so we want the legislature to really make sure that we're giving uh, prosecutors and children the most amount of tools to get the truth but understanding that child witnesses and child victims uh, already underreport and already are vulnerable. And uh, we want to empower children in the legal system, not treat them like adversarial parties uh, as if they're adults. And there's really a lack of compassion for children. Having to testify in front of the person who hurt you and is a family member, it's, it's testing this this poor child, their loyalties, and they're afraid their lives were threatened. So the bottom line is the reason we need Senate Bill 36 is to give child victims the platform to be comfortable and feel safe when they testify. One of the things that I think is important to address in this is that uh, during the two and a half years that my case was waiting to be to go to trial, you know, my kids would constantly ask me, Mama, Mama, what are we supposed to say? What are we supposed to say? What are we going to say? And the one thing I told them was, I cannot tell you what to say. I can only tell you to tell the truth. The only thing I can tell you is to be brave and tell the truth. And so there was a point during during the uh, cross-examination, I wasn't there, but I've heard this from people who were in the courtroom, that the defense attorney asked my son, um, did your mother tell you what to say? And he said, yes my mother told me to tell the truth. And that is what I think is really important about child sex abuse is that a lot of times children aren't believed because especially if it's a family member, um, you know, families are embarrassed. It's something that is very hard to talk about. You know, when a child is brave enough to come out and then there's physical evidence to support their, um, their claims, we have to listen to them. We have to believe them because then it becomes an epidemic. If you can't prosecute a case, then that child victim becomes a perpetual victim because the abuse is going to continue. I am also a very staunch advocate of early education for child abuse prevention, like the class that my brother took and the one that I ended up taking myself. And what was interesting was that they always they always emphasize with the early childhood education to use anatomically correct ver, uh, words for the private parts. And actually, that is something that came out in our trial, which was that my daughter had been trying to tell her daycare teachers where her dad was touching her. Um, but because 
they were words that they were not familiar with. They didn't know that she was telling them that he was touching her in places he shouldn't have been touching her. I cannot emphasize enough to parents who are listening, your children are not too young. At two and four, that's when I educated my children on, if somebody touches you here or here, you tell a trusted adult. And Eliza didn't understand. It was, she was shocked after she had been put through trauma of a criminal act. She was shocked to see how cold and abrasive the, the judicial system was to her children. So I asked her, I said, well, your voice is powerful. Will you work with us to try to change that? And so all we're trying to do is give the, the judges uh, better pr approaches so that they don't re-traumatize children. And then secondly, of course, uh, the second awareness point is that I believe that uh, a lot of us as families don't quite understand or appreciate child abuse in New Mexico. And whether it's litigating in churches, schools, I confront so many families that are unaware of the injustice or what to look for in child abuse because it's such a, a difficult crime. And they only become educated and aware when they encounter it through some type of trauma or, or criminalization uh, to their own family. And Eliza is being very proactive, just trying to create awareness among many uh, other community groups that we all need to look at the entire child abuse system. If parents and teachers and professionals, even law enforcement, are not always properly trained in how to detect child abuse. I know school teachers are severely behind in how to detect child abuse. And of course, Eliza kind of generated her own skill set in identifying, and that's another deficit. And so this bill will go a long way in creating more awareness. Uh, we want families to be uh, aware before bad acts occur. And then secondarily, we, we can do a better job in our litigation and criminal justice system. Finally, when a courageous child steps forward, what is it that they are going into the courthouse to do that they should not be re-traumatized? So that's kind of uh, our position is we did litigate uh, Eliza's case and we were successful at trial, but there were a lot of uh, improvements that could have been uh, reformed many years earlier that would have at least made their experience a little less traumatic. And and yet we, we're the exception, right? Eliza's the exception, and that's what I want to implore on listeners today is that this is just one of the rare cases that did not fall through the cracks. So many young children uh, are scared or families to engage in this uh, process to seek justice. So this is just the, we're barely uh, at the tip of the iceberg in terms of really addressing the level of abuse in children in the state of New Mexico. For us to secure a conviction, we are going to need them to testify on the stand subject to uh, being confronted uh, by uh, the opposition, which is a constitutional right, and we're not uh, trying to upend that system. But in the event that Eliza wanted additional protections or alternatives like videotape testimony, uh, it's almost like the burden would shift to the child to prove forensically, uh, and it's a very kind of... Um, it's just inquisitive. I mean, it creates additional conflicts for for her to seek protections for her child and yet uh, still participate in, in some type of videotape deposition. 
some judges will not allow it unless we, we have to prove trauma to the child. And so it ends up turning into another uh, mini trial. And I just don't think the burden should shift that way onto a child victim. Sex abuse acts are so complicated, but then when you have a child come forward, they're not treated like a normal citizen, I would argue, in our justice system. What is the best way to go about this and and allow children to be safe and, and free to come forward? I believe that there should be some presumptions of credibility and some awareness in terms of child abuse trauma, what what the system is doing to the child. And there should be modifications in the process. And I would argue that it would not in any way uh, diminish a an accused uh, or diminish their rights to confront their accuser, but there should be some compassionate and common sense alternatives to make the child feel comfortable in, in seeking, and it shouldn't shift the burden. Many years, you would have a sex abuse victim step forward or a sex assault victim or survivor and step forward and begin to tell their story. And for many years, we did not understand that, um, that memories become distorted when trauma is applied under a sexual abuse victim. So cops would say stupid questions like, well, why don't you remember your sex assault better and they would assume that that was a credibility issue and even to this day we have to train officers because immediately when they ask they're investigating a sexual assault case of a victim adult they begin to also ask questions about well did you provoke the man did you dress a certain way did you and so what would end up happening what we would find systemically is that the officers needed better understanding of trauma and sex abuse is a crime, and their 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 reports would become biased and inconsequential to a prosecution. And so, for many years, we did not realize we were victimizing sexual assault uh, victims because we didn't understand how they cognitively remember, uh, you know, events once trauma is imposed on the you know into their brain. And for years, so I think we're kind of at an inflection point in child abuse testimony with children that the, uh, the court prosecutors and defense attorneys, we have to come up with a modified process in how they can participate and testify, but not subject them to the same adult standards, considering that they are children and they deal with trauma in a different way. Yeah, there is a has been a blame the victim mentality. Okay, I just want to thank Eliza and her family, this is the model to to look at aspects of our justice system. Please track the bill. Uh, we're confident that if we can make an improvement in child testimony, that it might lead to other reforms. And so I just want to commend you both for, for creating more awareness and thank basically you, trying to improve the justice system. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Is there anything you wanted to add to anything that Hector was saying? Yeah, I would just like to, to, to let the listeners know what kind of support we have for Senate Bill 36. Um, Senator Michael Padilla is the sponsor. Attorney General Hector Balderas is supporting the bill. I've received support from district attorneys across the state, the New Mexico Coalition Against Domestic Violence, the Children's Alliance, New Mexico Child First Network, New Mexico Crime Victims Reparation Commission, and um, Auditor Brian Colon. They've also um, expressed their support. The main thing is I just want to bring attention to this. 
I, I would hope that no child had to go through what my children went through. But if we can make our experience um, help other children, um, then we'll be able to move forward with with our lives and and heal. That would help our healing. And, and I'm just very grateful that you had me on. Um, I would I would actually like to to say that. Um, Matt Bach could speak to the Sixth Amendment Confrontation Clause, which is something that is going to come up. We were bringing Matt into the conversation now, Matt Baca, and he is the public information officer for the Attorney General's office. Matt, can you weigh in on this? Yeah, and welcome, and thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, You know, it is a constitutional principle in our government that every person who stands accused of a crime has the right to have the person that's accusing them uh, make the allegation in front of them in a court of law. Uh, it's a bedrock principle of our justice system, and it's one that we abide even uh, on the prosecutorial side of, of things. And so we're, we're very much in favor of balancing those rights. We do believe that the, the approach that is taken in this bill does effectively balance a, uh, an accused's right to confront the witnesses against him while also balancing uh, what we know are the significant uh, secondary traumas that occur to children who are testifying. It is an issue that we are obviously very well aware of, but in analyzing and in constructing the language of this bill, we do think it strikes that balance. And, I, and I've heard it said by prosecutors that uh, taking testimony is a truth-seeking expedition and that if we can make children more comfortable, they're more likely to be comfortable telling the whole truth. I mean, in the year since our case has been adjudicated, the amount of disclosures that continue to come out on a daily basis, um, it's basically just what would happen in court was a snapshot. And the trauma is separate from the trauma that was inflicted on them in the testimony process. I will add that their dad was allowed to stand up to intimidate them during the testimony. And even so, my children were brave, they told the truth, and they, um, you know, they, they got through it. But it's something that a child of four and seven should not have to go through. It is absolutely unacceptable, and I'm really hopeful that we can change this law to improve child welfare in New Mexico. Is one of the alternatives then, I just want to be super clear, the video testimony and at least then the child is not in front of the, the parent or the person being accused. There are functions like that in the federal uh, criminal justice system, and there are other uh, measures that are going to be working them themselves uh, through the legislature that involve pretrial testimony. But the closed-circuit issue is something that, that our system should consider as well, absolutely. Any final words? I would just like to say thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about Senate Bill 36 and um you know, we encourage you to please call your legislators. If, if you're open to supporting Senate Bill 36, please call your legislators and ask them to support Senate Bill 36. That uh, would be very appreciative. The best way to get involved is actually to contact the New Mexico Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Um, and they, uh, they have a mechanism for how people can get involved. Or they can look me up on Facebook. I'm easy to find. All I can imagine as I've been listening to this entire interview is how many children are out there being continually abused because they've been too afraid to come forward. So obviously, Eliza, your your courage is commendable. Thankfully, we have an attorney general's office that is also equally responsive. So thank you all for joining us today. It has been such a pleasure and an important conversation. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you, thank you MK. appreciate the time on the show. For KSFR, this is MK Mendoza. Talk to you tomorrow.